Cake Therapy, written by Anna Jolie Copley. Life with 35-year-old River Lang had been an uphill climb. Things are just now beginning to have a positive outlook, depending on how you see the jar, half empty or half full. Let's just say for Dale River, the contents of life's glass of water seems to have left her all but dehydrated. Starting with her 10-year marriage to Neil, an attractive, successful architect, whose horn with all things below average, stifles their matrimonial bliss. Two beautiful twin boys who can't differentiate between mom and said dad's below standardized mistress, along with finally making partner at Boston Tory Law Firm, only to be offered a less than meager salary, sealing her fate in an already life-sinking ship. Join her in her humorous journey of love, self-worth, and acceptance as she ends up letting go and letting the masses eat cake. The story contains some mature themes not suitable for everyone. Enter at your own risk. Chapter 1 What is a whore for 200th? So, Neil, which of your lovely whores left these? I awaited an answer while dangling barely their red strings from my fingertips. The question was directed at the man brushing his teeth, also known as my husband. He was hunched over the sink while water trickled in soft pitter-patters against the custom two-sided bowls he himself installed. The only covering up of his body was from a fluffy white simple towel that had been knotted at the corner of one of his golden defined hips. I had come home from lunch to tell him the news of being made partner in my firm, only to come face to face with a pair of size six red thongs, I noticed as I flicked the white tag draped on the railings of the stairs. Stephanie was getting quite creative of where she laid her undergarments. My attention climbed back up to the ripples, sculpting muscular tatted back. I had to admit, the only reason I haven't made my grand exit is because of this visual. An ass that on many occasions was gripped between both of my palms to keep them in a certain position. Broad shoulders tapered into a fitted waist with an apex of hardened, tatted, and slathered rock that trailed down to a delicious bundle of giant banana Oreo cookies. Why the hell couldn't I have married someone that way? Would have made my current situation a lot easier to deal with if his resemblance was of a certain disfigured man bringing him down the quite a sanctuary. He just had to be fine. I just had to have Neil, the sexiest architect in the game. Or at least that's what an acquaintance that goes by the name Sierra told me. This is verbatim how she described the sexy dog with fleas. During the matchmaking process, I would have never agreed to the blind date if I had known she already had a foretaste of what has tiny little bloodsuckers. Glancing up, I caught his worried reflection in the mirror, staring at me with deep lines running across his forehead. Damn it. Must have been mumbling out loud again. That tends to happen when a person is trying to reason out their unhappiness. They're probably yours, babe. My face stiffened, along with a subtle flinch of my eyebrow. My mind raced back to this morning visual of my physique. I'm far from being considered overweight, it's a little thick, but hey, having twins seems to have that effect on the body. They don't call a baby fat for nothing. This was the only excuse that eased my guilt. My snack game was too strong. 
nightly routines of reaching over to my nightstand for the addictive treat of Milky Way midnight bars have become a way of life and aching need. I come to terms with the reality of never seeing the side six and pains again. No matter how much Tillian Michael's raspy voice blared from the screen, he walked past me as I was still holding the thread of a garment. I must have a sign in my head that read, Dumbass, are you shitting me? You know, goddamn way I don't wear a size six and haven't seen single digits in a while. Sure haven't. The words were whispered on his breath as he reached for a shirt in his walk-in closet. What is the point of your whore filing a restraining order against me if she keeps coming back to my house? She must be into bondage. Is that what you have her turned out on? Whips and chains? Chucking her out type shit. She just kept pushing me to the limit. The pattern being her disrespectful ass every week and I become redundant. The more I thought about him still having sex with her, the more my body reacted. Close a fire enveloped my breasts while my breathing seemed to increase in tempo. I charged him like an angry bull toward the matador's red cape. This made contact with each blow thrown. There we were in a pile of disarray on the closet floor. Like a pair of old ladies used socks who had run their course and in need of permanent retirement. This usual three-year morning tradition consisted of me kicking his six-foot-four ass, him trying to restrain me by gathering my wrists in his monstrous hands, locking them both above my head while straddling me until my energy began to wane, ending with us exhaling ragged, hurt, and angry breaths, which eventually evened out. This time, though, something was different. We both reached our breaking point. No amount of sex could heal that. Tantalizing gold eyes stared down at the broken brown-eyed Mustang. Ah, so there were some similarities now between Quasimodo and this guy. His cheeks was already swelling, along with the busted lip and a winking left eye. A wave of brief satisfaction hit me. We can't keep doing this riff. The first time in ten years, we've agreed on something. beautiful hardened crystals that tried to smile when a joke was uttered. Eyes that were reflected fragments of my misery. I was in a loveless marriage. The strings were being held together by a single silken thread of hope. That hope is cited in the hands of a man who just so happened to think he was a cure for all things women. 
this road. Two twin boys were called their father's whore, the second mom. I have a few names to add to that. The list is bitch, whore, cunt, sluts. I could go on and on. <clears throat> but I won't. This last case was emotionally draining. I represented a 50-year-old woman who was getting divorced from a 30-year marriage. During a consultation, I asked her, May I ask you something on a personal level, please? Out of nervous since I began to twiddle my thumbs and dig my index fingernail into the cuticle of my thumb. Sure, she answered, crossing her little dainty feet around her ankles. Her white bangs had fallen forward, obscuring her brown eyes. Though she was 50, she still held an air of playfulness. She leaned back and crossed her arms, tilted, tilted while she waited for my question. <coughs> her stare was causing me to lose my nerve besides the fact that she was a well-known judge how did you know it was time to pull the plug on your marriage <sighs> she looked down at her clear polished from nails rubbed the ring on her finger smiled you know the first time I said I do to Lawrence I felt it would be forever I was so excited being married to a successful surgeon and me becoming a municipal judge prestige of us being seen as a power couple sort of went to my head. I lost the meaning to what the vows we took before an audience bent. The girl's fantasy of her knight in shining armor blinding me to the reality of the sacrifice that will most likely have to be made when one enters a union. The fantasy wilted, his handsome appearance faded, and I'm left with the realization of embarking to ill-judged matrimony. The excitement I felt at first was replaced with habits, a habit of living this marriage, taking care of the kids, rolling over when I felt a tap on my shoulder, a habit of barely getting my emotional needs met and sacrificing them, a habit of settling for so long. 30 years of wasted time, 30 years of living blame because of pride. So to answer your question, she stared straight at me. I felt like I was a specimen in a petri dish under a microscope. You know, especially if you already have questions in your mind and you're verbally expressing them. My advice, don't invest any more time in or with something or someone. Especially if all your profit has become nothing but a pile of unnecessary regrets, pain, and suffering. Understand? Her mother advice was a breath of fresh air, considering my passing mother ran off and Pierre France. I see her every so often pictured in the tabloids with her sporting airbrush tan, bleach blonde hair, a rhinoplasty nose, and blue contacts. It was always contrasted with her lovable boy's brown, black, curly locks and green eyes. There she was, smiling and waving for the cameras, with one of her arms clenching around his waist like some blood-sucking leech. The same pictures of my mother always seem to remind me how she really was. The photographs never did do her beautiful features justice. Although they did provide something for me to hate on every now and then. A word interrupted my bitter mental rant. Time. Ten years I could never get back. Maybe if I made partner, things would get better and he could see how viable I was to this relationship. 
I have forfeited it and replaced my nightly routine eating my Milky Way Midnight Bars for the workout to Julie Michaels. Lose weight here, get back to my size six, maybe an eight in pants, make partner and being more supportive for some of the flaws I will resolve for him. <clears throat> Surely, once all of these were accomplished, things would return to normal. Funny how present life had always been the norm for us. Just never seen it that way until now. I thought as I continued to stare at the melancholy expression in the mirror. The straw that broke ribs back. Our life wasn't always full of the chaotic bag of jelly bellies. Believe it or not, we were very happy up until the last three years. I call it the pimp slipping air. Turned because his leash on his array of mistresses had slacked, leaving me on an easy treasure hunt of finding all sorts of goodies. Victoria's Secret Rolls, Lacey Panties, and packets of KY Jelly. My shit didn't need assistance in that area, so the probability of those aluminum packets belonging to me were zero to none. Oh, and the frilly lace underwear probability of being mine, again, zero. I long since retired those little frills of torture because of the ever reoccurring irritation down below. I now stuck with the pretty yet practical cotton boy short panties. The bras were no-brainer, ranging from sizes A to 32 C cup. Unless I was going for the my cup runneth over look, it would be impossible to put one of my udders in them, let alone two. At first, my willingness to work through our fractured marriage overrode my common sense. Like a dutiful wife, I would pick the little knickknacks up, dump them in the trash, never questioning my husband, until that monthly checkup results came in. This is where they yell, surprise, tell her what she has won, Tom. A nasty green discharge, also known as gonorrhea, and scene. Which meant he took disrespecting me to a whole new level. I didn't bother to try and rant my anger to my doctor. I just smiled and waved, prescription in hand, along with the reminding remnants of the prick on my ass my good old penny shot. Cool, calm, and collected river had left the building. As I swept past Neil's receptionist's desk, I made sure to squash any of her cog-blocking tendencies with my notorious death stare and into his office. He was standing over his oval desk, looking down at some blueprints. For minutes, I had almost forgotten why I was so angry. His tie was hanging loose around his neck. A few buttons were undone, and his chest was threatening to rip out of his Joseph a rude French cuffed dress shirt. He looked divine. His gaze caught mine and he gave me that dimpled smile of sex appeal. Symptoms include a warm pulling of desire, having the everything will be alright attitude, and finally succumbing to hot, steamy sex. Hey, Ray, what's up? I see you're in your oversized trench coat, so pleasure visit is out of the question. This is then. Hey, you, Neil, husband. Got the results of my checkup today. Mind telling me why the fuck I have contracted gonorrhea? Walk up to him with angry strides and make sure to hold the paperwork up to his face. 
plastering against his worried expression, letting my hands fall down to their sides as his quick reflexes attempted to catch the floating white sheets before they hit the ground. He began skimming through the pages. I could almost see the two devils on either side of his shoulders, with pitchforks persuading him to just lie. Lie through your teeth, they both whispered in his ear. I had a, medic, a manicured finger up against his lips, lips that were so soft, so damn soft and inviting. Focus, River, stay strong, was the pep talk I gave myself. Before you get carried away in imagination land, need I remind you I'm not your client, nor those simple sideline holes you parade around. Hey, I'm barely a friend. I am your W-I-F-E, who wears this ring. I made sure to emphasize this as I held up my hand to display a six-carat diamond ring. A ring that you put on it. All I need is a simple yes or no. Because unless my Levi is running around here attacking people on vibrate, you are the culprit. He was one with his pride now, between wanting to sugarcoat the truth, out and out lie, or the blunt approach. He rubbed his hands down his face. His tears began forming in his eyes. The act was now in motion. Yes, I'm sorry, Rev. I swear it won't happen again. I love. Before, before he could finish his sentence, I interrupted. Oh, stop. I don't want to hear it. Because if you love me, why are you bringing these bitches to our home, fucking them in our bed, leaving me to pick up their cheap-ass bath and body works and fused clothing? You've gotten sloppy, Neil. At least before I had to do real detective work. Now you've even put Sherlock Holmes out of business with your laziness of hiding clues. I'm sorry, sir, Captain Sable interrupted, causing both our heads to turn in her direction. Your one, your one o'clock has arrived. Thanks, Dad. Cinnamon, they smiled at the pretty blazing that was hired through HR a few months back. I recognized size six the first day I seen her behind her office desk. She was the same bartender at the Monster Restaurant in New York, the location where Neil and I had our catastrophic anniversary dinner. She sashayed out the navy blue distress painted door, leaving behind a soft click and the lingering smell of Donna Karen cashmere mist perfume. The same haunting fragrance that cloaked Neil's dress shirts dumped into the laundry bin. Mayor seemed to have brought the worst out of him. My silent rant ended and I noticed his sight was still transfixed on the spot that once held the pretty little Milan. I snapped my fingers in his face, drawing him away from his lecherous thoughts. Look, River, let's continue this conversation home, please. Correction, you mean that whorehouse, right? I mean, come on, as much activity as you bring up in there, at least in the higher-end brothels, they do tend to strap up. Enough, River, he chastised. I have a very important client, and I can't keep him at waiting. I'm pretty sure you can see yourself out. We'll continue this discussion at home. End of discussion. So arrived at his blueprint, he didn't see me grab a face. With the beautiful tools arranged neatly aside or being hurtled at his head, a split second dodge was the only thing that saved him from a concussion. If I were you, I wouldn't come home tonight. Not in a talkative mood, as you can see. This was spoke as I headed out the door, catching the smug look of the secretary. Steph, either fix their face or you will be arranging them like puzzle pieces from off the floor. The smile in an instant was wiped clean off, leaving a less than confident 23-year-old behind the desk. Could this day get any goddamn worse?
decisions, decisions. You sure you want to do this, Rev? Yeah, I'm sure. My sorority sister Patricia had agreed to be my lawyer for my divorce and was now in the middle of contemplating the petition for dissolution of marriage paperwork. I called her soon after me and Neil's last fight. Lucky for me, I hadn't managed to kill him yet. Yet. She was hesitant at first with me just out and out divorcing him. She wanted to take baby steps and take the legal route of a court order separation just to make sure that I was sure I wanted to go through the proceedings of the divorce. She changed that advice as soon as I showed her paperwork on my contract in gonorrhea, along with a box of various rainbow-colored underwear bras, all not in my size. Pat sat back in her seat after reading explained the paperwork needed to be signed. I felt her eye me as I initialed, dated, and signed my full legal name on the dotted lines. Before he is served a summons, you should think of what temporary arrangements will need to be made for all parties. Hopefully an agreement can be reached sooner rather than later. Her mouth continued to move. I sat back against fell with cushioned seats. Ironic was the word that popped in my mind. I spent years representing multiple divorce cases. Hell, their misfortunes were my paycheck and even managed to make me partner at Ross and Tory Law Firm. Things were different when you were the one on the outside looking in. Not once did I think I would be on the other side of this desk. Paying for my marriage funeral. My fucking life sucks. You know that high you get after winning your first big lottery, lottery only to lose all of it at a casino? That's how I felt when I was informed that I made partner, only to find out that the pay was only a few grand more than if I stayed a senior associate. Hey, what's the Oreos without the fucking cream? What has, what has my life become? I've dedicated it for more than 10 years to my career. My rabies-infested husband, two beautiful kids, all to become life's little inside joke. The woman who thought she could really wear those size six-inch stilettos, but she should have been in some simple Mary Janes. Not to mention my so-called friends who knew about my marital issues like an open book, even came with pictures and a warning label that read, Enter at your own risk. So damn embarrassing. It would be impossible to avoid him altogether as we share those same circles of associates. Shit. Which leaves the kids. Two beautiful little darlings who traded me in for a pack of Skittles and fishing trips. Add the cherry on top they called second fiddle, Mom Stephanie. Oh jeez, I need a bag of chocolate Halloween candy. I would kill for a Milky Way right about now. Spit was starting to build between the corners of my mouth just fantasizing about the dark chocolate casing that soft center with caramel stuff inside. My eyes must have glazed over because Pat was giving me the death stare. What? I said, I heard you and I know the protocol for all of this. Divorce is my specialty, remember? Then you know he isn't going to take this line down. No matter. She looked at the long forgotten 12 by 12 by 12 box. The abundance of evidence piled against him. Look, she pinched her lips and inhaled a large breath of air. You of all people has had first-hand dealings of how sour and messy these marriages and divorces can get. 
I prefer to see you involved in other activities besides moping and self-pity. Take your kids out, have fun, and let me do my job. When it comes to the supernova, I will keep you notified. You're suggesting. I know I ignore the fact that my life has gone to piss pots and skip on down the yellow brick road. I was beginning to feel very close in. My breathing had become erratic. Arms gripped around my waist tight and began to rub soothing circles up and down my back. My body began to convulse as I dried. It's okay to crumble, Riff. Just make sure you piece yourself together at the end of the day. Preferably into something stronger. We will get through this. We're the professionals, remember? Says the woman coddling the supposed professional. You still bake, right? How about you take up a baking class? Maybe you could even learn how to make those midnight Milky Way bars at this left field. I spoke while retrieving a Kleenex tissue from her outstretched hands, trying to discreetly wipe my nose, only managing to tear the fragile snot covered cloth. The web like strands of mucus ending up on my fingertips. Maybe that's the direction you should try, she implied while nudging my hand with a bottle of Purell sanitizer. Sweet, delectable introductions. Turn left at .03 miles on Trey Mills Road. My GPS spoke. I was beginning to get cold feet and decided to call Pat for warmth. Hey Siri, call Patricia. Calling Patricia. Was I go back on the third ring? She picked up. I was all too quick to air out my apprehension and jumble of words. I don't know about this Pat. My voice carried over the turning sig- signal ticking in my car. I was in the dark up until last night when she revealed that she already had signed me up for a chocolate and pastry class months in advance. She knew anything that could cause the occasional feeling at a dentist was my kryptonite. So I conceded to the month-long mouth-watering torture. I had already taken a leave of absence from work. The last thing I orchestrated was the arrangements for where the kids would be for three hours a day. That varied between Pat and Neil's parents. Speaking of the Casanova, he had called me complained the unprofessional way I conducted business. Though I enjoyed scratching under his skin, preferably with a butcher knife, I calmly let him know that as a procedure's goals, being served the, the divorce paperwork at his company, although flattering had nothing to do with any underhanded scheme on my part. Embarrassed for him, embarrassing for him, or popcorn with hot sauce worthy for me. I snickered, wishing I could have been there to witness his sexy, miserable face. Needless to say, when I got home last night, he was nowhere to be found. Clothes were still lumped in the closet with a few Bali shoes missing. So the funny thing about Neil was that he arranged his shoes in alphabetical order from brand name then color. So the empty three cupboards weren't hard to miss, along with a few outfits. The morning of my class revealed that he took a few shirts and ties as well. Though a little distracting to see the spaces, I had decided to focus on something more important, me. I decided to wear my favorite pair of baby fat black jeans that were cuffed at the ankles, a pair of denim K-Swisses, and a blue V-neck t-shirt. My hair was pulled up in a top-knot bun, and I decided to go bare-faced with no jewelry. Baking and dressing to the tea didn't mix. I wanted to be prepared. 
The private classes were held at an actual non-pastry chef studio. The cost for the month was $10,000 for 30 days, which didn't come out of my pocket but gifted by Pat. You have arrived at your destination. Technology at its finest. Who needed a map? The building was large, about three stories. A few stragglers were already standing around the entrance. I see I wasn't the only one to arrive early. The classes were to start around noon and would end approximately at three. It was now 11.45. We were like lost sheep that had to be herded up inside the building. We were met with the smell of nutmeg, beautiful hangy chandeliers, and an extravagant centerpiece full of delicious looking treats. I wept inside. Especially when I reached a taste of the delectable torts, the soft flaky crust disintegrated my mouth so fast I had to reach for another. Oh my god. This one was chocolate filled. My mouth orgasmed. I dabbed the drool on the side of my mouth with the napkins offered. The only thing missing was a tall glass of milk. Glad you were enjoying the petite torts. Damn. I mentally finished. The glass of milk stood at least six feet and was thick with the two stays. Something. Something. I must have been humming the tune because his crest white smile revealed straight porcelain teeth and a dimple on his left cheek. I mean, the only Asian man that had a chance was a guy that Jet Li fought off of Romeo must die. And my first kiss in high school from biracial Brandon Lear. His mother was South Korean, his father was a white stockbroker. Let's just say that was during my experimental phase, and after that kiss, I wasn't in want of a repeat. Looking at this fine-ass specimen, I could give it another go. Go, go, go. Mad my engines and all. He was staring at me with a strange smile as if I had grown a pair on my forehead. Thanks, I guess. Never been caught a fine specimen before. At least not in earshot. My name is Kim. He held out his hand. Being a lawyer and always having to keep a poker face had trained me for moments like this. Outwardly confident, self-assured, inwardly I was like, what the hell, Brian? Can't you send a signal to the mouth that this should be a private conversation between us? His smile began to wane as I was still conversing with myself. Out loud again. River. River. Sounded like some damn porky pig. I never stutter. I was beginning to become very irritated with these adolescent emotions. I felt like a freaking preteen. Okay, so I shook his hand a little rougher than needed. Big deal. He was a big boy with the soft hands and like Neil's callous ones. Neil. What am I thinking? My divorce hasn't even been etched in stone. I'm hopping around like some dolphin begging for a piece of fish. He turns towards the rest of the group. I kind of ache at the people. That's $80,000, give or take. He's doing pretty well income-wise. Hello, everyone. I'm Kim, and I will be your instructor in the art of pastry making for the month. Just shoot me. Take me outside and put me out of my misery. My hormones must be haywire due to the increased stress levels in my body. The only sensible reason for my attraction towards him had to be. I haven't been laid in three weeks. My poor hormonal body will not last a full 30 days with all these damn treats lying around. And the biggest one, just so it happened to be standing beside me with a mischievous glint in his almond-shaped eyes. understand what I'm saying 
You're not hearing me, Pat. Now, if I wanted to drool and spend your money, we could have taken it to the private strip club up the street. You knew. You knew he wasn't a chocolate bar, but a lemon snickerdoodle. Both are freaking edible and delicious. I made haste to get the hell out of our first class meeting. It was a little overwhelming, especially when trying to avoid the charismatic, attractive instructor. The first day included nothing but introductions of our classmates, our knowledge of baking, and of course, the rundown on our simmering chef. He went to school for four years, completing his Bachelor of Professional Studies in the Institute of Culinary Education in New York. He then became an apprentice under a French-American pastry chef, Roland Mesnia, for three years before being hired on. He claimed his, his apprenticeship for the renowned chef Mesnia was what opened the door for him working with various celebrities, which explained the pricing. He was a real piece of work. I mean, sculpted next to the same sexy clay as Neil. He always needed some type of personal information from me. Want to know about the origin of my name? Shit, Google it. My tires screeched to an abrupt stop when he asked about my age. That was after I found that he was 40 and a third generation Chinese American citizen. I placed Pat on speakerphone to continue my rant while cooking the twins' favorite lasagna with garlic bread. Come on, River, learn to live a little. It's not like you are going to sex him up. Lemon flavored snickerdoodles. Pat. Edible. Mommy, I want some lemon snickerdoodles. You always get all the good stuff. Mom Stephanie shares all her goodies bag. I bet that's not all she shares. Probably how I contracted gone the river child mouth. Ugh. I apologize for you being on the phone. Glad I was or you had a, you would have had to find a new way in describing the color green. Her saying that caused me to be subconsciously rub the spot where I had received my shot about a month ago. I slipped on my tongue at the bad memories. Hi, Aunt Pat, are you coming over today? Daddy won't be here, so it's fine to visit us. He's having a sleepover for a while. He says I can throw one when I'm a little older. My youngest, Iron, conversed with a pound and folded up arms that scrunched around a piece of paper. His green eyes glimmered with a force of anger. I retrieved the paper, no doubt a picture of some sort. I was right. The picture looked like a Mr. Potato Head with long limbs. Underneath the oblong feet appeared the words, for dud. I didn't even bother to correct him. His brother Tylen came rushing in with a couple of his own clutch underneath both armpits. He handed me one of his crinkled artwork. The picture depicted the same as his brother's, only it was Miss Potato Head and Red for real mom. I could only wonder who the other drawing was for. I snuck a peek at it when he deposited it on the countertop. It was a stick figure in a dress with long back black hair. She even had an arch made by scraggly colorful lines that formed to a rainbow above her head. Within the rainbow red, second mom, Stephanie. My anger knew no bounds. A six-year-old drew their own mother as a potato head were fell game. Hell, she at least looked as similar as normal with her red-shaped youth smile. While their attention wasn't on me, I may or may not have accidentally thrown the little Picasso's artwork in the trash. I plead the fifth. Besides, they get easily sidetracked. He already forgot the picture was not conversing with Pat right along with his brother. I was forgiven. My own kids that I sacrificed my one size six frame for seeing me as a potato head. A wide, round, shapeless, unattractive old potato. I was only a buck sixty instead of five five. The hell they know. They saw they thought Superman's kryptonite was an actual glowing green booger rock. Oh, except for my pudge and my ass, I pretty much was stacked. 
Okay, that is all for today. I spoke about taking both sheets and laying them on top of the fridge. You're supposed to put them on the fridge. I lined the bowl and spoke up. I'm mentally grown. Yeah, Tylan agreed with the bombing up and down of his head. That's what Mom Stephanie does. And what does she do for Daddy, I wonder? I cool while roughing up his curly fro. Red, they are kids. You're innocent kids. You're acting childish and lashing your frustration out on the wrong ones. When you really should be blaming that woman in the mirror who was too stubborn to cut her losses ten years ago. What's wrong with you talking to them like that? Take me off a speakerphone, please. Auntie loves her babies. Air kisses. Lip snacking was heard on one end and echoed through the other. Her truth hurt as much as I wanted to deny, to deny what she said I couldn't. She was right. I picked the phone up and placed it next to my ear. What part of my pride do you want to chip away at now? Look, it needed to be said. You were being a little too short with them. Of course I had to step in. Bottom line, you are a great mother, wife, and will make an astounding ex-wife. No one can take that from you. Half your life was dedicated to your career and family. There's nothing wrong with embracing some me time now. I admit, I knew he was fine. I wanted you to have some fun. A silver lining in the midst of this, this divorce or failure would be the word or words you continue to stumble at. Two words that coincidentally have the same meaning. I thought it would accompany you and dash in my ego a fraction more. Seems a bit more fun when you have company. Sarcasm doesn't suit you at all, Rev. I can picture her eyes rolling with much attitude. Be that as it may, I was just wanting to get you involved in, into something to keep your mind occupied. My dad was out of pure innocence. Even if it meant a couple of bites of lemon snickerdoodles, who knows, lemon might end up being your new favorite flavor. She was only two years older than me, but was my backbone when it came time to putting things in perspective. She was my eye through the storm, the anchor I needed to keep me from drifting with the tides. I smiled as I blew a kiss to the phone and hung up. I guess I could let my hair down a little bit. I convinced myself as I fixed our plates. Mommy, how do you have a baby? Okay, yeah, the only ha- only thing hanging my hair was going to be doing was encasing a ponytail over. His question was the main reason I never wanted to let my hair hang again. The facts to remain, I'm still legally bound to Neil. And once Pat gets everything squared away, then I can let the girls all out. Until then, no eating or giving out cookies unless they're Girl Scout cookies. Preferably safe, thin mitts. Milky Way Midnight Putting the kids to bed was like chasing the Energizer Bunny down the hall. I finally figured out why I had to stop giving them anything that contained sugar before bedtime. They refused to sleep until I gave in to their nightly video chat with their dear old spawn donor, Neil. Hey daddy, how's the slumber party going? Island asked while laying on his back with his sock-covered foot swaying in the air. Him and his brother Tylen both were awaiting for their father's reply. I'm having a blast, boys. I bet he was. I found my eyes ever so often strained to the screen to see if that blast would appear. She had yet to pop up on the screen, but I could hear a faint sprinkle from the shower that would echo through the phone. Penicillin is what she should be bathing in. We want to have a blast, too. They both whined at the same time while accusingly eyeing me. All we did today was draw pictures and watch Finding Dory. This was said while Tylen pitched himself face first onto the down bedded comforter matching set of Spider-Man. Hey, you two were the ones who requested it. Feeling the need to defend myself from their personal attacks, 
And might I add, you both loved it so much, you pulled out Finding Nemo. Mom! They both sat up and looked at me. Island rose to his pajama-covered knees and whispered in my ear, Not while Dad is on the phone. He says those movies aren't for real men. A lot of things aren't for real men. Take the serial tricks, for example. Your father still can't seem to get enough of those. I guess once you pop, the fun really doesn't seem to stop. The words were meant only to exist in my mind, but my mouth didn't catch that particular memo. Neil's face stood over the phone. He had the nerve to bow his head in shame. I almost fell for his lame excuse for the poor me husband act and had intentions of calling him out for the actor he really was. But second thought is since my lovely two boys were seated attentively at my side. They looked between me and the live footage of their father, noticing that the atmosphere was no longer playful but pretty tense. They couldn't grasp in the windows thrown but knew that they were meant to cause pain. I smiled at them and rubbed their backs to reassure them that mommy still loves them and that my disputes lay with their father and him only. You always seem to play the victim, River. Never wanted to accept fault for anything. Neil's head still remained bowed as I, as I could see his teeth begin catching the edges of his juicy red lips. Though a sexy visual, i seen this look before. He was ready for battle. I'm sorry if my choice of extra activities involving the willing participation of another human being upset you. Maybe I should aspire to be more like River Jaden Lang, who fucked her career over and over until the point of finally coming. Or in your case, making partner. Maybe that wasn't all or whom you fucked to get that position. Hmm, position. Couldn't be missionary. That bland pose was reserved only for me. No, you look like a lady on top, am I right? My brain took a minute to compute his shredding of my character along with the unnecessary use of profanity around the boys. I looked down at their open expressions of shock and felt the volcano rise within my breast. Boys, I need to talk to your father alone. Could you please go into the next room for a minute? But Dad said a very bad word. Just do what I told you. Now run along. My voice was beginning to crack as I fought to control my rising temper. I followed their little pajama-clad figures until they disappeared behind the white door and a little brown hand reached back and closed it. Who the hell do you think you are talking to? We both agreed. Both agreed. I spoke by pointing my index finger between the two of us that it would be all right to keep pursuing my career interests. Partnership falls under that banner if you've forgotten. Second, if you ever disrespect my kids or me like that again, I swear your sons will be the only seed you will have ever planted. Need I remind you, I still balance my career and home life. I sex you when you want it, cook that T-bone steak dinner after the fact of having a late night at the office. I push not one, not one, but two big-ass head boys from my womb, kept it tight, and put up with your harem. All the while still supporting your unfaithful having ass every freaking step of the way. I wanted to claw his now watering eyes out of their sockets. His mouth began to quiver along with the artificial tears trailing down his cheek. Ten years I perfected his acting one-on-one craft and it made me sick. You know what? Fuck you. Fuck that disease that fest the whore in your stupid teary-eyed face. You look plain or ridiculous. Hope your dick falls off when you go to urinate. You would finally have become the pussy everyone knew you were. His face went black, not before I seen the wild, the wide smile that consumed it as I hit the red end button. My finger was throbbing from the forceful contact. My angry body flopped back, backside first onto the twin bed. My hand began to blindly reach out towards the nice scent out of habit, forgetting I wasn't in my bed with the twins. Where the hell are my Milky Way midnight bars?